Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Today, a lot of us are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that, a podcast to walk to, something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder. You're welcome to listen to this as you wander around your home or lying on the sofa even, you'll find inspiration is actually everywhere. But if you've got a bit of time, and let's face it, we've all got a bit of time, let's boot up and head out into the street. So, um, welcome to the street. I don't know um, what your one looks like, but my one is in London, near where I live. Um, and um, come on here for a bit of a wander. I'm not alone. This is an age when uh, many people, as I said before, uh, seem to think of a wander as a real welcome release from being cooped up. And um, as you will hear, there are real life lorries that occasionally and inconveniently zoom past. But that's just to give you a sense of me walking in space down this road and I'm delighted to be doing it with you. As I've said, this podcast is designed to be enjoyed while we walk and each time I want to invite a guest to saunter along with us. In this episode, it is a man called Philip Cowell, the lovely Philip Cowell as I call him. He's the creative development director of the Good Chance Theatre which is a an amazing theatre that emerged from the um, what they called the jungle which was uh, a, a refugee camp in Calais and it spawned this marvelous theatre company it's now an international arts organization that Philip's part of he's also a beautiful writer there's a book of his I particularly like which is cool which is all about the the wonders of punctuation. Yes, punctuation. And it's called This Is Me, full stop. Great title. But I know him best as what we call the poet at large for um, our social adventure Street Wisdom. He's a, he's a great lover of the Street Wisdom process and um, a brilliant creator of poems about his walks. And, um, and indeed, he's, he's got this uncanny ability to make poems up on the spot, which you, you might hear in the, in the interview. I, I spoke to him, he was in Berlin when I spoke to him, which is where he now lives. And uh, he explained that he decided in the middle of the pandemic to go and live in Berlin, sort of as a leap in the dark. Um, and that interests me. We'll talk, we talk more broadly about that because it, it's the, the sort of topic of our conversation um, is, is, is not knowing, not knowing. It's remarkable how much of our lives is kind of focused on what we do, what we do know. But we wanted to look at the, uh, the flip side of that and, and uh, both the anxiety and the insight that can come when we, when we don't know and we're okay with not knowing. Um, we also spoke about poetry, we speak about his coming out as a gay man and, and we also speak a bit about how life just sometimes 
nudges you in a direction and you feel you have to take it but you don't know why. So without further ado, let's sort of jump into the conversation. Uh, we enter it at the point where I've asked him a rather irritating question, <laughs> deliberately annoying, which was, um, what do you pretend to know that actually you, you don't know? And when we all, we, all, we all have those things, don't we, where we, we're putting on a brave front, we're pretending to know something, but secretly we don't. So uh, this is what Philip had to say about that. Mm, I think it's around, I pretend uh, to know, <laughs> I pretend to know how to be a person, <laughs> is what I wanted to say, but I think there is an element of that, do you know what I mean? <laughs> God, yes, you and all around the world, people listening to this podcast are going, oh, me too, yeah, pretending to know how to be a person, whereas in fact... You know, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And a perfect segue, I think, into the subject that we're going to blunder around in a bit, which you suggested, which I love, which is this idea of what not knowing. What, what, what attracted to you that, to, to that idea? I know you're thinking about it at the moment. What, what got you thinking about not knowing? Oh, it's a, that's a good question in itself. And, and I almost want to straight away say, I don't know. And I think that's one of the key one of the key takeaways from thinking about not knowing and feeling about not knowing is one of the really great practices is, you know, can you say, I don't know more, a bit more. <laughs> so I don't know the answer to that question, but here's, here's a go. Here's an attempt. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think we, I think the culture, I think we live a lot in the knowing and the knowledge space. And I think, I think it's great as well. And I think this year, particularly, you know, with the sort of incredible scientific, achievements with the vaccine and all that you know this is not an anti-knowledge anti-knowing kind of conversation um but i'm really interested in in what happens when you get to the edge of your knowing um and what does that if we went to the edge of our knowing and just sort of looked out almost like a, it's, i sort of see it as a field you know you look at the field of not knowing and you look at the field and the light and the horizon the landscape of not knowing um the nothingness uh, the everythingness, you know, what happens? What could you, what could you gain from that? Um, what could you gain from that? How could you better be with it? Just being with the not knowing. So I think it's those two things. It's the, it's the being with the uncertainty and the difficulty and the, um, the scariness. Uh, and then it's the, it's the, how can you not know more? So I think that's the key thing. It's not about knowing less, mm. it's about not knowing more. I have a question people would like to know, I bet, which mm. is you are, and I'm discovering this about you now, mm. actually, uh, is this appetite for science, this love of science, because I know you more as a poet, somebody who's able to, in real time, create dazzling verse, uh, which is in itself a joyful, um, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to do it uh, right now, but I've seen you do it a lot. Um, and that presumably, you know, that, as an improviser, as, a, as a, a stage improviser, which is something I've done quite a lot of, I recognise that sort of relish for the not to know what comes next. But how, how, how did you find yourself to poet? How did you find your way to poetry? How did you wander to poetry? Beautiful. Well, I, I guess I do, I do think, I've, I've never put it in these terms, but the poem is a kind of place of not knowing. Mm. You know, because, because the poet um, sends it out into the world. 
not really knowing quite how it will get, you know, received. Um, they've got some idea maybe of, of the meaning they had intended with their words, uh, but actually really good poems, as you know, are just, you know, the, the meaning isn't down to the author at all. Um, there's so much space, so much space for play with the reader. Um, in fact, the, re- the reader is essential in a, you know, in a really good poem. Um, so uh, how did I get there? I was brought up by a family obsessed with books and reading and storytelling. Um, so it felt very, very inevitable. <laughs> uh, my dad is completely obsessed with Dylan Thomas, um, for example. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, um, gosh, my first, my first not knowing, um, I suppose my first big not knowing moment might've been around coming out, um, you know, as a, as a, you know, realizing I was gay, I suppose at some level, because there was, there was this big field of not knowing, um, you know, that I was just sort of, you know, I'd got to the edge of my knowing as it was, I talked about earlier, I suppose. I'd got to the edge of my knowing and real, you know, realized that this field of not knowing was there in front of me. Um, and if I dared sort of step into it, you know, wow, what could, what could happen? Um, I could live more authentically. I could mm. be, you know, um, true to who I was, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? I mean, this, you know, um, this is an experience that a lot of people have, um, and in all kinds of different ways, not just around sexuality, around gender, around, but, and not just around identity. Um, you know, there's all, there's this sort of not knowing around us. Right. And, um, it's, you know, I do see it as that sort of landscape or that sky above. Um, and if you dare to look at it um, without naming, you know, without rushing in with words. See, that's the thing. I, see, I love poetry, but also I love not poetry. <laughs> you know, I love that, um, you know, just sitting in silence or sitting in quiet or, um, or just, just, just sitting and breathing, not worrying too much about what I'm doing. You know, the kind of, you know, the big, long Eastern, now, now very generously Western traditions of, of sort of embodied, um, you know, wisdom, contemplative wisdom as well. I love all those ones. In fact, the, that phrase, the place of, a place of not knowing, I, see, I do see the poem as a place of not knowing. I was thinking and particularly thinking of you with your incre- incredible work around street wisdom and wondering and wonderful. Um, you know, could we, could we have more places of not knowing in our streets, in our towns, in our cities, in our parks? You know, could, could we have a park bench of not knowing in every park, <laughs> you know, where, where you're encouraged to sit and really just not know, not know more? Um, you know, could we, you, could we reutilize phone boxes, you know, the old phone boxes from the 20th century, <laughs> which are still on our streets, which we clearly won't need for much longer? Could we reutilize, could you have a, um, a box of not, go into the box of not knowing on the street? <laughs> And really just stand in there and just sort of not know for a bit. <laughs> and what do you, what do you imagine? And I love that idea because it sounds like um, there's so much conflict and so much urgency and so much impatience around what we do know. I know this, I know that. And, um, and strife. Uh, there, there would be, it would be great. I mean, it's part of conflict resolution is to get people who are, who are, you know, in, in, in opposition, if you like, to get to the point where they might not be so certain. What, what do you imagine might happen in the phone box? Or what do you notice happens when you're sitting in that silence? Does your mind wander? Do you, what, what are some of the things you like that happen when you do that? Nice. 
I think it's it's around what you talk about a lot, actually, around um, creating a gap, like widening that gap a bit between. So it's a sort of you know it's a pause moment, isn't it? Um, actually, before I do before I do X, um, before I rush into Y, uh, actually, can I just come back to the body, um, breathe, um, enjoy the gap between the the in breath and the out breath, uh, create that pause, maybe even say I don't know, I don't know about this. You know, just just sort of say it a couple of times. Even you know, I quite like this like, idea of walking past these boxes. People just sort of, I don't know. Even shouting, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> joyfully, I don't know. Hey, that's that is interesting, one. isn't it? The difference between I don't know and I don't know. It's kind of fun, isn't it? It's so. <laughs> in other words, I don't know. Not as the mission of defeat, because yeah. presumably, as we were educated, you were given points for knowing stuff or basically remembering stuff. But the idea of being able to say, you know, to be get points at school for not knowing, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, wow, you know, our friend Ken Robinson would have, would have been championing that. But, but that idea of the exultant cry, I don't know, it doesn't mean I don't care. And it doesn't mean I won't know ever, but it means I remove from myself, I guess, that irritable desire to pretend to know things. I love that. This idea of an exam, the examination of not knowing, the final exam you have to do before leaving school. <laughs> the not knowing exam. <laughs> I mean, here's, here's an exercise, which is a great one, actually, for anyone who um, loves dabbling in writing. Um, write, a, write, a, um, you know, write a poem where every line is, I don't know, you know, dot, dot, dot. So you finish every line, the same line, I don't, every line is, I don't know, dot, dot, dot. And then you just say what you don't know. And just list out all the things. And it could be really big things like, you know, I started off with the Big Bang. It can be that and it can be tiny things around, you know, I don't know what I'm having for lunch. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Quite like the idea of that, the don't know poem. Uh, but I love the, the don't know examination. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I, think, I think it's around possibility, actually, a lot of this. You know, what's possible for you? You know, can you, because, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, Possibility is 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 the I suppose is is the bridge that's going to get get you to that that sort of not knowing place, isn't it? Because actually, you can just look at the not knowing and not you know stay where you are. You need yes. It's not that you need to. If you want to go in, go there. If you want to go there, you need um, you know stepping stones or 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 a bridge or someone to sort of over the over the way to sort of say yeah yeah come come come. You need the invitation or you need that bravery to, to, to leap into the dark. I mean, for example, I just, um, I just, yeah, I went back and I'm, like you said, I'm an arts, I'm in arts fundraising now at Good Chance Theatre. Um, I just leapt into the dark, as it were, in that kind of not knowingly kind of way. Um, I was in the corporate world and, um, for, you know, for six years, I'd actually been in the arts fundraising before that, for 10 years before that. So I jumped back, as it were. Um you know, really not knowing that that was the right thing to do, you know, not knowing anything about the pandemic, right, and how how different and difficult that would make, um, challenging and exciting that would make arts fundraising. But um, but I'm so grateful that I did. And, I, you know, I had an incredible job at beautiful Futera, the sustainability agency. Um, wonderful people there, and I absolutely loved them. And they, they you know, they really couldn't understand <laughs> I couldn't understand. We, we, as a group, when, when we had our last session together, we sort of reflected on the fact we couldn't quite understand. 
why I was going. And I was saying, I agree, I don't quite know either. But just had to sort of, you know, do this. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful um, that I, I, I did that um, because, you know, it, the, it's it's, the, work is working. the work is working. Do you feel, I, I love that. I mean, I love that you're not trying to sort of post-justify, but mm. I often feel that we are nudged. It's almost like you have a third leg that's kicking you in the arse saying, go on, go on. But so interesting. I mean, something we see in Street Wisdom, isn't it, where people turn down one side street, they don't know why, but there's a sense of rightness about it and so on. Is that anything like what it feels like for you? You seem to be, you're somebody that's in motion uh, in your life. Is, is it a compulsion, do you feel? Do you think, is it, is it an irritability? Is it a, is it a, you're a poet, what names might you give that unseen, unseen nudge? I like I like your use of irritability just because I I hadn't noticed it in that Keats quote, which is a very famous quote. Um, you know, not not irritably reaching after fact or reason. Um, and I think irritability is a really interesting thing that we don't really talk about. You know, it's not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and it's something I really identify with. Um, can often be quite. I think that's really annoying for the people around me. Um, it's not really, so, you know, I obviously don't, I'm not, I hope I'm not being irritable right now with you. Um, you know, it's not on the sort of, it's not on show as it were, but actually I really think, I think at that time I was, I was really annoyed with myself that I'd still had that feeling. You're not quite in the right place, you know, and it's not your fault. It's yes. not the people around you's fault. Um, it's Okay. Uh, but you've got to go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that is, I think that is really great as well, because, I mean, I you know you're not being irritable with me now, or if this is you being irritable, bring it on. But I think, I think that, you know, irritability is a kind of, a, it's also a word for this sort of discomfort with stasis. I think human beings are not happy with steady state, routine, predictability. I mean, some people like it more than others. I think in the arts world, we're probably a little less tolerant of it. But there's that kind of, perhaps it's that, uh, Ken Wilber calls it a secret impulse within evolution to evolve itself. There's this kind of impulse that we don't fully understand, but but it can lead to you. And it's certainly, in, just when things are going fine, you feel like, no, that's... There's something more, the right place, as you could, that, that, that idea. And a word, we're playing with words, but a word that, that you sparked in me is the word opportunity, mm. um, which is not one of my favorite words. But I looked into it, and of course, it's got the word port in it. And what it literally means is the way to safe harbor. And this idea, you know, you can see Philip standing at the edge of the known world, looking into the, and up at what's not known. And there's a sense of calling, of niggling, of whatever it is. But these opportunities which people throw you, like a new job, might be a way to safe harbour, that sense of, oh, maybe this is the next stepping stone. Does that, does that ring a bell for you at all? I love that. And I love this idea, you know, you've got a choice in that moment. Do you, on that, that scene that you just described, do you stand there and go, ah, <laughs> Or do you stand there and go, 
Wow. And hey, look, on a, let me end on a, on a quote, given we talked about poets, Wendell Berry, who really sums it up. It may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work. And that when we no longer know which way to go, we have come to our real journey. Ah, oh, isn't that great? I love that. So welcome back to the street. Um, I say street, but in fact, you might hear in the background, there's sounds of nature. I've actually taken a bit of a dog leg onto what they call the Parkland Walk, which is an old um, railway, Victorian railway that they've converted into a, into a path for joggers like this guy here and uh, dog walkers and it's lovely. It's really nice, right in the center of the town, but, but uh, very natural. I hope you enjoyed spending time with Philip Cam as much as I did and, and do. His, his, his love of life is infectious, don't you think? Um, and, and, and I love what he's saying about how not knowing makes the world that much more kind of interesting. And I wondered if you'd like an experience of that. We're going to take a piece of inspiration from our guest and turn it into an experience for ourselves. We're going to do that using... Um, simple piece of technology from street wisdom called the tune-up which you just want to think about it perhaps as a, as, as, as a simple game that you can play as you're walking and this game's called what is that <laughs> so uh, the idea is that um, as you walk whatever you see and whoever you see you ask yourself in your mind what is that what is that I'll show you what I mean in a second but be, be, before we do that just a little bit about why we might be doing this and um, Think about language. Uh, when you know the name of something, you kind of stop looking at it, don't you? I think that's part, you see that with children. They, they learn the world, their way around the world by learning the words of the world. Um, and that's super helpful because then you can navigate your life. But it also can make life a little bit routine. We go through a world that we're very familiar with and therefore we don't look at it. Um, but by contrast, remember, when you were a nipper, when you were a toddler, and when everything was fresh, and you, you were curious about everything, or, or perhaps you've been travelling at some point, and uh, you feel a bit like a stranger in a strange place. You don't know the names of things. You don't know what things are for. And it can be a bit disorientating, but also makes the world around you magical and wonderful. So... By doing this simple, I don't want to call it an exercise, but it's a simple game, if you like, um, I think you'll notice that the world around you becomes something just a little bit more wonderful. We should probably take about 10 minutes to do this, but I'll start us off. Uh, so I'm walking along, and I'll be honest, I don't really know the names of trees, it's something I'm trying to rectify. But I'm looking at a tree, it's got a sort of kink in its trunk, and I say, what is that? What is that? And my mind is saying, it's a tree, you fool. But if you really look at it, what is that? How much do I know about what a tree is? What goes on inside a tree? What type of tree is it? Why is there a kink in it? And in a way, that tree's now burned in a photograph 
the photographic memory bank in a slightly different way. And here's a, here's a bench. Or is it? What is that? What's it for? It's two bits of something with another bit of something on the top and it's clearly for something. These alien people use it for something, but what is that? And what is that? It's a, it's a furry thing with four supporting objects and it's got a bell round its neck and it's rootling around. What do they call that thing? What's it for? So you get the idea in your mind. Be innocent, be curious, not know what things are and see what changes when you do that. Speak to you soon. Well, so that was interesting. Um, I've done exercises like this for, for years and it never ceases to amaze me that you can discover new things. So a few things that I got uh, just to share them are when I was asking what is that thing I quickly found myself asking what is that sound what is that feeling and it really woke up all of my senses um, and when my brain didn't answer it like that is a tree the more I was willing to not know the more mysterious and actually quite magical the world around became, the more alien it became. Um, I think the second thing to mention is that when I, when I came across a person and asked what is that, not who is that, I think I was probably less judgy than normal. I think normally when you're walking down the street you're probably, I know I'm categorizing people by their, I don't know, by their clothing, by their gait, by their general look, whatever that means, into kind of, I suppose it's friend and foe, isn't it? Friend or foe. And by just thinking of them as objects, um, much less judgmental. And finally, I think it's made me, I think the, the more I've looked at things and listened and asked what is that I'm feeling, the more appreciative I've become. Just a short walk made me appreciate the things that I normally shove to the edge of my awareness. But that's me. What about you? I'd love to know um, how you got on with that exercise, uh, that, that tune-up, that game. Um, do let me know. Maybe we can feature it in a future show. So, um, I'm back inside my house now, a little bit warmer in here, but the feeling of not knowing has kind of followed me in. I notice I'm looking at the microphone thinking, what is that? It's a miraculous machine that kind of enables me here to talk to all of you out there. Uh, and I notice Andrew, my producer, is sending me a lot, which is to say, yeah, well, get on and use it then. So let me just close by saying thanks, heartfelt thanks to the lovely Philip Cowell and thanks to you for joining me on this wonder. Okay, so that's it for now. Join us again soon on Wonderful for some more inspiration to go. And until then, have a wonderful day. Week. Month. Year. You get the idea. You get the idea. If you want to find out more about how you can use these techniques to find clarity and navigate your life, then check out streetwisdom.org. 
Street Wisdom is a non-profit founded by David Pearl and is in 67 countries around the world. It's a free workshop run by volunteers and its mission is to bring inspiration to every street on earth. If you'd like to get involved, you can join a free workshop or download our audio guide from streetwisdom.org. We'd love for you to share the magic of street wisdom, so please do tell a friend. And you can give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at streetwisdom underscore. And if you'd like a copy of Wonderful, you can find it on Amazon in book and Kindle form. All profits will go to Street Wisdom. Wonderful is a Pearl Group production. You can find David on social media at David Pearl here or his website davidpearl.net